The information contained in this podcast is for entertainment use only. Please don't take a single word these two assholes say seriously. listening to is filled with subliminal stimuli designed to gently wash your mind with the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Without further ado, welcome, welcome to the Evil Twin Podcast. Jerry again. Um, I just, I know it's late at night, um, but I want you to know how much I love you. I love your voice. Um, I just, I watch your videos over and over again, and you've, you've really, you've touched me. And so, please follow me on Twitter. I notice you haven't done that yet. And uh, I'll call you back. Recording. Are we recording? Okay, so uh, I'm I'm Thad, I'm Brad, and uh, we are the Evil Twin Podcast, okay. and uh, it's going to be weird for everybody who listens to this because uh, my voice and uh, and my voice sound are pretty much pretty close the same, and, and it's going to so be it's going to be really hard really for you to you. understand <laughs> the difference between us sometimes, but uh, you'll just have to figure it out. It's it's one thing you're just going to have to accept and get used to. Yeah, it's not going to change because I can't change my voice. And I can't change my voice. So you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> um, why are we doing this? I guess a lot of people are going to wonder, what, what, first of all, what is this whole thing that we're doing? And, uh, and uh, why are we doing it? But let's start with the what is it first. So what, I mean, I, I kind of know what I, I feel like it is, but why don't you start off and tell me what you, you perceive this whole crazy fucking podcast as being. Well, it's kind of like, <clears throat> I guess I see it as sort of like uh, everyone has a Facebook profile. Everyone has a Twitter. Um, I, maybe not everybody, but if you want one, you can do that. You know, right. I, I'm a I little, would say most people. Right. It, yeah. It's available to everybody. And uh, podcasting as a medium so far has been um, uh, something that people with a little bit more notoriety... Um, have attempted to do and and it's gotten to the point where now people who are like you and me just 
Joe Schmo yeah. um, down the street um, are able to do because are can, you Joe or are you Schmo? I'm probably Schmo. Yeah, but we can we can get microphones. We can get uh, you know a computer. We can get we can a few plug shit into it. Equipment. We can plug shit into a uh, mixer. Plug that into the computer and make it work. And so, um, you know, it's something that if you have opinions, you can share them very easily nowadays. Um, and you can put, put your opinions out there in an easy way, just like you can on Facebook, but this is just a little bit more, uh, um, involved and hopefully more entertaining. And so maybe for me, hopefully who knows, (laughs) it's probably going to suck, but they're going to have to deal with it for me. Um, you know, I just kind of think of you and I hanging out and being able to just chat about stupid shit that you and I are into. Right. Cause I know you and I are into stuff that, that maybe the average person doesn't really think about much. And it kind of tends to be maybe in our heads a little bit more than, than most. And so it gives us a, a, a platform to be able to just not only hang out together, but talk about crazy shit and also go and experience some of the crazy stuff that we're going to be talking about. Um, well, that's going to be one of the key differences in the way that we do this and the way that other podcasts are doing it is that we're not just going to be stuck at a desk um, the whole time talking into microphones. We're going to be uh, gathering experiences and then discussing those experiences. Yeah. And, you know, basically what we're going to be talking about mostly is uh, this concept of belief and how um, it's pretty much intertwined in all uh, aspects of the human experience Mm -hmm. and how we can you know, my intention is not to like make fun of belief or diminish it in any sort of way. It's just more of a, I want to explore it. I want to get into people's minds. Why do you think the way you think? How do you believe this? Why do you believe this? Um, and what, what, what's your experience with it? And I hope, hopefully we can do that in kind of a satirical, funny sort Mm -hmm. of way. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we can do it in a way that <clears throat> will cause people to not necessarily question their beliefs or change their beliefs or anything like that, but at least be open-minded to a little bit of uh, critical thinking around their beliefs. And and when me and you are saying belief, we're not just talking about belief in some sort of supreme being. No. We're talking about belief in... It could be anything. You know, in your own idea of the world, you right. know, your own ego idea of the world. It could be... Um, your belief in your football team or right. your belief in your, um, I don't know. It's also like, it, it could be wacky stuff. Like, do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in psychics? Mm-hmm. Do you believe in mm-hmm. the paranormal? Like all of that kind of stuff I want to uh, explore just as much as what are your feelings about homosexuality and how, how to, is, is it something that people are born with? Mm-hmm. How, how can we explore these kind of ideas? Beliefs that are uh, maybe not, entirely proven yet and maybe will never be proven but it's something that you believe and attach attach your belief to so it's kind of like uh you know what sam harris would call unjustified beliefs right like um things that uh ideas that you latch on to that you have no proof of right that you still believe in even though you don't have you can't look at it you can't measure it but Mm -hmm. you still believe that it's true um and you and i have a tendency to at least at this point in our lives question things a little bit deeper before we just believe them right um and when an idea is handed to me usually uh you know i have to sort of pick it apart before i can 
before I can believe it because of my because of my own path and and you know how I've come to be the person that I am. Um, I tend to question things before I allow them to be reality in my head. Yeah. And at some point through the process of this podcast, hopefully we'll get to what our backgrounds are. We're going to talk about kind of why we became so skeptical and the the people in our life as we were children that kind of maybe led us to have this kind of skeptical perspective. And also um, the path that you and I walked down, not only when we were little kids, but once we became young adults and, uh, got us to where we are now. We don't have to get in all that bullshit yet. Cause that's going to happen over time. But, um, well with every, every topic that we, we discuss, we'll have some experiences behind it that will you yeah. know, color our opinion on it. So, yeah. but today, um, what I'm excited to talk about is, uh, on the first podcast is this idea of the, uh, the belief in celebrity mm-hmm. and people, um, kind of latching on to various celebrities, whether they're sports icons or musical artists or actors or whatever it is, and kind of maybe thinking they're a certain way or maybe thinking that they have some sort of superior perspective or mindset. They got magic dust sprinkled <laughs> on them. Right. And um, forgetting that they're normal people. Right. You know, and it's so easy to do to, 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 uh, see someone that you admire whose whose talents you admire and to sort of put them on a pedestal above you and look up to them and think that they're somehow special. Yeah. And usually they have a special talent, but right. everybody does so that right. they're, they're no more, they're no better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. They just happen to have this talent that people are attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm lucky enough to have a, a minor celebrity in the family and, uh, his name is Taylor John Williams, and if you know me, you know that I know him, and you know who he is. So me introducing him is kind of silly, but uh, today we get uh, to have a conversation with Taylor and kind of see what he's all about, see what his experience was on the uh, the Voice season seven, and how that um, experience has impacted his life, and how he's uh, doing now, and what what his plans are for the future, and uh, should be a fun conversation. So. Um, Yeah, without further ado, here's Taylor. Hey, I'm not here. Taylor, this is Jerry. Um, Why haven't you called me? I'm wondering because I've left many messages for you. And it's like you refuse to call me. It's like, what, are you better than me or something? What do you think you're, just because you're on, like, a TV show, you think you're better than Jerry Esteban? Well, you're not. There's, like, there's certain personality types where if you're, you know, certain singers who, you know, somebody will be like, oh, you're a singer, like, sing something. Like, that's that's cool, like, sing something. And then they'll just sing, like, start, you know, singing and whatever they want to sing. Uh-huh. And for me, it's like, I, I can't do that it just feels really it's almost like a like like some people see it as a magic trick or something or something like something that they have that they can right. do it's like hey watch this <laughs> you know, like, yeah which is fine i'm not you know. well i mean i think there's a difference between people who like perform and then people who um kind of approach it more with like an artistic mm-hmm. side and I think that's kind of what you're talking about probably is people, there are people who like to perform for people. And then there are people who like to express some mm-hmm. sort of emotional context. Yeah. It's a type of expression. It's not like I'm going to do a magic trick for you. It's more like 
Yeah. You know, I want you to feel something. Yeah. You do it for the purpose of you know, kind of getting that feeling out there. So do you remember like the night before um, uh, you went down for the blind auditions and we were all chatting at dinner that night and we were talking about how, um, how once you like left for this trip, your life was never going to be the same again. Uh-huh. You kind of remember that? I do. <laughs> Why don't you like tell me a little bit about like how true or not true that you feel now about that and um, kind of how that has manifested itself since then. Oh man. Um, I don't know yet. It's, I still, I still feel like I, it's like, I feel like I've been, I hate to use the word reborn, but I feel like I've been kind of thrust into this life that I've never had before. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I, I certainly don't feel like I've made it yet, mm-hmm. which is cool because it's, it sort of adds this element of desperation that I've never had. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never been desperate for this. And I think that's what it takes to like, to, to make it and to, to make a really good living doing it. Yeah. I heard a quote one time that was, uh, I can't remember who it was by, so forgive me, but, um, it was, if you, two things create motivation, one is inspiration and the other is desperation Mm. and those who truly make it have both. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably what you're going to be talking about. Yeah. That's good. Um, let me see. These muffins are fucking so good. I know. They're like super low cal too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> so, Taylor's like, worried about bring it on. <laughs> In terms of like, so what? What? What we're talking about mostly on the podcast is um, this kind of idea of belief, right? And how um, just everybody walking on the face of the earth as part of the human condition, uh, we all have a set of beliefs and kind of what we, how we see the world and how we experience the world. And one of the things is um, the belief in celebrity, mm-hmm. and. I think the the fun thing about having you on this is that it it shows people like the reality of celebrity versus the mythos behind celebrity, which Mm -hmm. is like how we, we view people that, that are more well-known as like somehow having some sort of shining light around them that makes them different than other people. And the reality of it is is they're just normal people Mm -hmm. and, um, normal people with, amazing talent that we appreciate, but still human beings. Well, yeah, I think that's where a lot of the, the, uh, the, uh, mystery and the myth of the whole celebrity thing comes from is like, nobody knows where that shit comes from. Right. Like talent. Like, what is that? Where is that coming from? Like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that you can work towards to become good at, but there's, you know, there's certain people who just seem to have this thing that nobody understands. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, when you, when you see that, when it's on TV and when it's, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're these beautiful people, like, you know, God, like looking, <laughs> yeah. yeah. plus they have this talent, plus they're incredibly wealthy, plus, you know, all these different factors that it's like, like, of course the general public's going to yeah. view people like that. And, but, but it's true. Like there's, you know, and I think a lot, a lot of it has to do with how people who really make it carry themselves and. And I think there's certain people who really enjoy that celebrity status and, and mm-hmm. want to do what celebrities are supposed to do or should, or, you know, what they, what they saw the people they looked up to behaving like. And, mm-hmm. and then there's, you know, the other 
part of that. The other people that, that just are normal and, and, you know, still have the same talent and the same kind of gifts, but just kind of handle their lives in a more normal way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember you saying something about how you thought Gwen seemed kind of normal mm-hmm. and how in, in person she seems like just kind of a normal person, but yeah. on TV she seems larger than life. That's, mm-hmm. that, that probably is a little bit what you're talking about. Yeah. What was she like in person? Mm. I know you've been asked she's, that she's, question a thousand She's times, really but... ugly, like in <laughs> yeah. person. Like on yeah, TV she looks attractive. okay, but it's yeah. just like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> it's amazing what makeup. Does she have bad breath. <laughs> just oh, horrible. <laughs> no, um, she's she's. Uh, I've I've used this word. I think like I've overused this word now to to describe her. But she's just really graceful, mm-hmm. and 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 really, uh, you know, obviously down to earth. She's she's really approachable and. Uh, just talk like I, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think n- not only are celebrities used to being talked to in a certain way and, and approached in a certain way, you know, where it's like, hi, like, mm-hmm. you know, right. This immediate respect without even knowing who they are. Right. But I also think there's a, um, a way that celebrities feel like they have to talk to people, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they, they're this figure in their eyes. So they, therefore they have to, I don't know, live up to that or like, mm-hmm. or impress them or, um, even though they have nothing really to prove, it's like, um, but with her, like it, it never, it just felt like just meeting somebody and, you know, talking to them. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty amazing considering the amount of people that she probably meets on a daily basis and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You'd imagine somebody like her would have like a major wall, psychological wall built up around them that would kind of be guarded. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, granted, I don't know her that well. You know, we right, had right. we had a, a good amount of time together, but you know, it's not like I know her well on a personal level. But, but, uh, but yeah, what I did get to know was was really cool. That's awesome. What about the uh, the other contestants from like from the beginning to the end? Did you see a, a way uh, like them change in terms of the way they related to people? Or you don't have to name names, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> Not, not really. Not really. No, I think, I think the casting process is really good about finding mm-hmm. people who like aren't gonna go crazy when you know <laughs> this stuff hits the fan. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably part of the process is finding people who aren't majorly ego driven, pretty grounded. Yeah. I know. I talked to Luke the morning after um, uh, we were there for the uh, what was it? I think you said come before. together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just kind of ran into him in the lobby when I was leaving the, the hotel and, uh, he seemed totally down to earth. He yeah. seemed like mm-hmm. super cool. Super well, what, what's interesting though, is that being, being a part of the show and being around each other all the time, it's a, it's sort of a, an equalizer. Like you can't, it's, it's hard to, to feel like you're the man when, when you're around 20 other people doing yeah. this. You know, it's like, it's, it's funny cause people always say to me like, do you, do you understand like how many people tried out for this thing and, and you're, you know, what that, what the percentage of people that get to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I totally get that. But when you're, when you're really in it and, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, it is a competition, even mm-hmm. though I never really felt like viewed it that way, but it, that's what it is. And you're around a significant portion, you know, at the beginning it was 48 people mm-hmm. when you're around 48 people that wow. even though it's a, it's a small percentage, it still feels like a lot you know, you're not, you're not going to have a massive ego 
when there's, you know, when there's 47 other people there, like, you know, doing yeah. the same thing and, and doing really well and, yeah. you know, getting the same amount of praise. And you know, so that was the thing that hit me when, when I was down there, when you were in the uh, battle round phase of the show and battle you guys were round. <laughs> and you guys were all sitting outside in the courtyard, just like jamming together every night yeah. and stuff. And just like the amount of talent, just every single person. And you guys can just hand the guitar to each other and each kind of have your, mm -hmm. your time singing and stuff. It was That's like, cool. it was a cool, like, thing to be able to see that many people with that much talent having that much camaraderie they were they all seemed like really um just nice people a lot of mutual respect yeah mm -hmm. it's probably a, a rare thing to be able to be around that many people that are kind of like you in that way with with the kind of talent that you have and the kind of like passion for music and, mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff i that seems to me like from the backside of being on the show would be part of the probably part of it that you're going to miss is like being around that much talent. Yeah. Cause you know, now you're walking around with the rest of us, normal people who are just <laughs> oh, <it's> stinky. <laughs> just, like, yeah. Just, just gross, old, dirty, filthy. normal people. Old. Just no talent. Just <laughs> hey, I'm not here. Taylor, this is Jerry. Please follow me on Twitter. I've noticed you haven't done that yet. I'm your friend. I know you. I know what you like. And I know that you would like me. And I know that you would like my tweets. Please follow me on Twitter. It's Jerry Esteban. At Jerry Esteban. J-E-R-R-Y-E-S-T-I-B-A-N. Follow me right now or we're going to have some problems. So how many actual... Um... Uh, performances did you have to do in terms of the audition process before you were on that stage with the judges and the chairs? Uh, three? Well, no, no, no. Yeah, three. Three. Okay. There was the, the open call, the and then they, they did a call back for the next day where I... Oh, wow. Which was like in front of some of the executives. And, and then... uh. Then there was a final uh, callback, right? Shit, I don't even remember. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of people don't realize what it takes just to get to the point where you're standing on the stage performing yeah. in front of the judge. They just think, oh, there they are. And now. Yeah. yeah. Well, this show starts. That's where it's begins. That's where it starts. You know, it begins there. So there's not a lot of background. You don't really get to see. The what average viewer doesn't realize there's like six months of. Yeah. Of narrowing it down before you're even to the point of standing on that stage. It's pretty crazy. Which actually makes it more impressive. Yeah. But, you know, you don't really get to see that. So, yeah. So, you know, you know that one point in your blind audition after the judges turned their chair and Gwen, what did she say to you? Something about wanting to, needing you to help her write a song or some stupid thing like I that. I think she <laughs> said being around people, some, someone like me is going to motivate her to yeah. Like work on her album or something. And then like you that. said, Wow, Gwen Stefani said that to me. Mm -hmm. Remember saying that? So I I look at that. I actually just rewatched that recently just to kind of remember that moment. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough to be sitting in the audience right behind Pharrell <laughs> as it happened, but when you're in the audience, it's a different thing. But um, looking back on that and seeing that person that said that, that Wow, Gwen Stefani said that <laughs> to me, there's a, there's a, I know you, obviously, I've known you since you were a little baby, but um, there's a little, there's something about you that shifted since then. 
and um, on a personal level, there's something about you that shifted. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing, that the way this process is kind of like um, brought something new out in you. And mm -hmm. I think it's something that's amazing. I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's there's something – I guess I, what I wanted you to do is kind of talk about like what about the process of going through that whole show, working with the coaches, being in front of millions of people, all that. Like, what do you think it is that's changed about you as, as a human being, not as the guy up on the stage, but as you as a person? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've just, I thought, that I knew what my, th I, I thought that I knew exactly who I was as an artist and, and as mm -hmm. a, almost as a, as a person, you know, like, I feel like I'm probably at the age where every, where you, like, we think we know everything, right? you know, cause you hear people say that all the time. Like when you, yeah. uh, and I, I just kind of always saw myself as the, the coffee house singer songwriter guy and, mm -hmm. And that's, that was my thing. And I was going to use that to get through the show and, and whatever. And then I just started to question that at different times. Like I, 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 you know, I think it was with probably with come together or maybe even mad world. Cause I, it was being stripped of the guitar and, mm. um, the, the battle Jolene was kind of just a weird bump that I don't I don't know what, what that you, was, but <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, do you want to talk about, um, I mean, I don't want to cut your, cut you off. Cause I know you have completely felt like you answered that, but do you want to talk about that battle? I mean, is that something that you can talk about in terms of the fact that you couldn't hear and all that kind of stuff? And, um, you know, that, that was a, a, a factor, but that, that was kind of a thing that, that happened a lot during the show. Oh, it did. I, yeah. My, uh, my in-ear never really, like felt right. There was always kind of something going on. Not okay. to not to like drop excuses. There's there are plenty right. of other factors yeah. that okay. Well, there, we but talk about that. <laughs> um. So I guess I mean the thing that I was the thing that I that I noticed like from an outside looking in since that moment that you were up on the stage and Gwen asked you that is like mm -hmm. there's just like a certain amount of peaceful inner confidence that you have now that you've always had, but now it just is so so much more mm -hmm. so much bigger in terms of your just your just level of confidence mm. as a, as a person seems like it's and i feel like i guess i was wondering what um what experiences maybe helped you but i think you probably touched on that a little bit um you think it was like uh maybe you had something to prove to yourself and you making it onto the show and getting the praise and, and feeling as though, you know, you're standing out amongst a crowd. Like, did that help build your confidence or? Yeah. Here's what I, I think how I'd put that. Like the fact that the type of, the type of praise that I was getting was mirroring the type of praise that I would get here after a show uh -huh. before any of this happened. It was yeah, like, totally. it was a, syncope i don't know if that's the right word synchronous something <laughs> so the, it just like because everything about this process has felt so like serendipitous and just like it just you know not not necessarily meant to be but it just so much of it felt like i was in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. and and hearing people 
on a national level say things that I was getting, you know, at a local level, yeah. just about, you know, the, the connection that they felt, you know, when I, when I would play music and, and, uh, it, none of the, none of the praise felt like it was just because I was on the show mm-hmm. other than the, the, you know, marriage proposals and stuff. Like yeah. that. <laughs> but like, I got, a, I just got a lot of genuine messages and, and genuine, like, I don't want anything from you. I don't need you to message me back. I just want you to know that I really appreciate what you're doing and I hope you keep doing it. And that to me was really what I needed because not that I don't respect the opinions of, you know, my family and stuff, but it's, it's hard because it's a little bit, yeah, it's always going to be a little bit biased. You take it for granted that your family's (laughs) going to support you, but when you get support from other people, then it helps sort of build the, and I, you know, I kind of battled with, because it's like you know, I was I was sort of born with this, uh, you know, musical ability that that almost made me feel like that I have to do this. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. a like if I don't do it, I'm sacrificing a gift, and and yeah. that that kind of started to bother me because it's like, do I have to do this? Like, yeah. you know, this pre-voice stuff. Like, do I just because I'm good at something and and I and I like it? You know, I don't think that. And I, I there were just times where I'd feel really pigeonholed into this is my career. This is what my life is going to be. Yeah. But after being part of this and, and kind of going through what I went through and, uh, it, it sort of just reaffirmed it for me that this is what I, I need to do. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And want to do. One of the things I remember talking to you about that night when we were down there, um, when the boat, when the two of us came down there to hang out with you, um, we actually got a chance to hang out with you, which was cool of you to do. Cause I know you were busy that night and, um, <laughs> Because you did the show basically all over again out in front of a live audience, right? There was a no. Holiday. He did like that holiday. Um, that was a different. That, that was, was a different. After, thing. Oh, yeah, okay. You guys, yeah. yeah. Um. But one of the things I remember talking to you about, and then kind of having to cut Brad off because he started like freaking you out, was like, you know, you were kind of in a bubble down there, and you were around, you know, a relatively. The group of people that were on the show, the producers and everybody that was doing it, but outside of the show, looking in at it, there was just like this ridiculous amount of support for you that was coming in. And, you know, I think that those of us who are outside and that know you well could see it and feel it. And like, we were just all so blown away by it. It was just so incredible. And, um, how much of that do you think you felt while you were actually on the show do you think that it's do you think that you felt it more since you've come back like from family and stuff or from no just from just the amount of pop i mean you had support coming from all over the world oh yeah yeah you know um well i think you know uh uh, there's a fairly large percentage of fans who are are fans of the show yeah and once once you're off the show it's like you know, especially with this next season starting so quickly, it's going to, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to change. It's not going to be, yeah. <laughs> or it has changed. It's, uh, but, um, I, I'm still, I, I'm feeling a lot of like, where's your album? You know, I'm feeling yeah. a lot, I'm feeling a lot of, a lot of pressure. Yeah. But, but really good pressure, you yeah. know, it, cause I, I, I want, you know, I don't just want it cause other people want it. I, I, I've Jones been wanting an album for, <laughs> I've been wanting a, to put something out there for a long time and have never felt so motivated and ready and desperate to do it and, yeah. and it helps when you have fans like you know fans who have been loyal for you know throughout this whole thing you know kind of pushing me and and uh 
But do you think what, what, when you were in, when you were on the show, do you, could you feel that support or was it something that you weren't really as aware of while the show was going on? I could feel it. I just, I didn't know how to interpret it really. Okay. I, Cause you kind of pictured it as just people who watch the show. Yeah. And just in people who, you know, love you in the moment cause you're relevant and you're, you know, you know in their face on TV and, and I, it was, it just all happened so fast. Yeah. You know, it's like, Avalanche. I didn't even know how to really deal with it. You know, I don't, um, it was cool. It was really cool. Of course. Yeah. But, uh, but I think that how, you know, how I'm being treated now, I like it more, you know, right. it's, it's less hysteria. It's less like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. You know, that was the best performance ever. You have the greatest voice I've ever heard in my life. You know, yeah. yeah. it's like now it's just kind of like the ones who are waiting for something, you know, are sticking around. Yeah. And they're, they're, uh, so it helped you build like a fan base on some level. It's like almost turbocharged a fan yeah. base for you, which yeah. is good. So what do you think? Um, just getting into like, this a little bit of the standard questions that you get but i think you can talk a little deeper on it now since we're just sitting here chatting is what do you think um and i don't want to talk about like your recording contract or when's your record deal coming out all that kind of stuff because honestly that's your personal business and i just don't think that i want to cover that but i do want to talk about what do you think um what do you see or feel a uh, taylor john williams album what is that going to feel like? Um, I don't, I mean, I know it's hard to articulate, but I, I know how I want it to sound like and, and the feel, I guess yeah, at the end of the day, it's about writing songs that are personal to me and, and hopefully, um, connecting with other people who feel the same or, or, you know, that, that's, that's sort of my, what I want the meat and potatoes of it to be. But mm -hmm. as far as like how it sounds, I, I think I, I kind of want to have like this, this sort of Western like resurgence, like mm. this, like almost with a, with a, like a hip hop feel to it. Mm. Not, but not hip hop, like at all. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know you were right. hearing something that, that I felt was hip hop inspired, but but it's it's kind of more of like a maybe I don't I don't know I don't know what else to compare it to. I, but you you let me hear that one song mm -hmm. that you're working on, or the, one of the songs that you were working on is like possibly one of the that will be on your album. And I kind of thought of it as almost like this, like Reservoir Dogs meets like classic Western kind mm -hmm. of vibe. Yeah, I don't know if that kind of yeah that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like it had this kind of like classic um i don't know hip-hop is all it was like this underline of hip-hop because you know like with quentin tarantino movies how he mixes his music in and stuff mm -hmm. but it but it had this kind of like gritty it wasn't country but it was almost like a western yeah i think western yeah. is a good word for it yeah which is kind of cool because you you haven't really heard a lot of that that's how did you feel about the uh folk pop uh label that was on Everything. Did I you resonate uh, with that or no, I think to, to call anything pop, like pop is not a genre, pop, like pop, if you think about it, pop music is 
popular music. It's right. what's popular. There's right. there can be a million, or not a million, but there, there's plenty of genres that are part of the pop music culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't write pop songs and I don't sing pop songs. I right. sing songs songs <laughs> that uh, you know might be might be popular. popular. <laughs> might, it's just it's a funny it's a funny category to put. Yeah, but and even you know there were a lot of people that were part of the show that described that as their style. Like I'm a I'm a pop singer, and it's like yeah. What no, I, I can't imagine a record label would be interested in anybody saying that they were a pop singer because that's like, do you have really good songs that are going to be on the pop charts? Because that's <laughs> other what than pop, vanilla, that's what what pop, flavor. That's what about. pop music is. Yeah. So it's it's I, almost like prophesying. This is what my music's going to be. I know it's yeah. going to be in the top 100. Yeah. Therefore, I'm going to call it pop. It's it's funny. Hmm. Um, let's take the, let's take it back to the kind of topic of celebrity a little bit. I kind of bring it back to that. So you were able to hang out with like quite a few, I guess we'd call them celebrities, um, during the process of the show. I saw that there was some, uh, footage of you on, I, I can't remember what site it was on, but you like, wasn't like Gwyneth Paltrow there even for one of the things. I, I'm not sure. They had the, for sure she was because I saw her there. Oh. You were walking right behind her. It's funny that you didn't even oh. know she was there. Oh, I didn't. But she might, was she put in the audience? No, it was like one of those like you know how they had the thing before the show started a lot yeah. of times where it was called the, uh, the tailgate or whatever tailgate. Yeah, yeah, the voice tailgate. Yeah, she was there with her media co- thing that she was oh. doing. There was covering so something. many people there though. Yeah, yeah. but like um, I just bring. I don't know why I brought her up, but it was just one. Did you hear that she steams her vagina? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> she, she's the one that said it. There, okay. there's, what, it's no secret. It? What is it? What mean? is it? I don't, it's just a way of she keeping just, it fresh and young. Keep it moist? She has some kind of philosophy behind huh. it, I guess. I, I never actually. I wonder if it's like getting like a it, facial, but... but like a. Yeah, probably. Vaginal. I don't know. V- v- vagatial. Vagatial. Teams her vagina. Look it up. It sounds like a T or something like So. Obviously, you're able to spend a lot of time around these people, and do do you think that your like view on celebrity has changed from being being able to like have that kind of contact, or do you kind of view it similarly as you? I used think to? I, I think it's pretty similar to what I imagined it would be like. Really? Yeah. There's always a um an initial shock, like when I when I went on the stage for the first blend audition and could kind of, you know, see Pharrell's arm. I'm like, there he is. Yeah, that's how I, that's how it kinda of was like, okay, there he is. You know, there they are. Yeah. And then, you know, when they turn around and you see, you know, it's it's just like when you see something and somebody on TV for so long and then you're just there with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's of course a little weird and, and that whole celebrity thing takes over, but then then you know, I think being part of this and like kind of seeing off camera stuff and, and you know them them talking to producers and like okay so I'm what am I saying at what time you know it's like it's very you start to realize that it's just their job you know they're just right. people who are good at what they do and doing their job and yeah uh, yeah it definitely kind of got got rid of some of the mystery yeah. with with people like that I'm sure there'll always be some like I mean there's different levels of celebrity too so yeah. there'll probably always be some like yeah. if you saw ran into I don't know Tom Cruise he's yeah, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise. If you ran into Tom Cruise, you might be a little 
I'm like, holy shit, that's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Then it'd hand you an e-meter and try to <laughs> yeah. take your test. I think for me, the, the types of the types of celebrities that I, I would get kind of um, maybe not myself as much around, you know, is are people with resumes, like intense resumes. Uh, like yeah. like you said, Tom Cruise, you know, it's just like I'm not a fan of him really. Right. He's a, I think he's a great actor, obviously, but um, just knowing how much work he's done and knowing – I mean, just that yeah. in itself is is worthy of a lot of respect. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, yeah. Well, that's the thing I think a lot of people maybe don't understand too is like the just how hard they work. Yeah. Like I've noticed since you've gotten back, like you're basically working seven days a week from the time you wake up, literally to the time you go to sleep. Yeah. Like writing and preparing and doing this and doing that. And so, what do you think? Do you think? Do you think that's what it takes? to make it in the music business or what do you think it takes to like make it in the, in the music business? Well, uh, I, I went and talked to that Mark. Oh yeah. Guy yesterday. Super cool dude. Cool guy. Uh, but he, he brought up some quote about like 80% of, of making it in, in any industry that you're trying to make it is just showing up. Yeah. And you know, showing up means a lot of things. It means, it means going to meet people that you, no, it was probably a dead end. Like you're going to have to talk to somebody for a while and they're not going to have anything they can really do for you. And, and playing gigs that, you know, we're, aren't going to hold a whole lot of people. And, and, uh, I think it's, it's about just taking every opportunity and, and, uh, like I said, just being desperate for it. Just yeah. a, a new, a new feeling that I've, I've never really had. That's cool. Um, so who do you, um, in terms of like other musical acts that you know of and are aware of, which Brad and I probably won't even know who they are because we're idiots when it comes to this stuff, <laughs> especially him. Um, who do you see kind of, not that, I mean, there's never been a Taylor John Williams. You are the first. I don't want to say, do you want to be the second so-and-so, but like, who do you, who do you kind of imagine kind of modeling your musical career after? Um, I, I'm always like thoroughly mesmerized when I watch Jeff Buckley perform. Mm. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. know anything about yeah. him, but, um, he, he just had this thing, man, like this, this, he, I mean, he, his songs weren't even, he wrote great songs, but they weren't like tangible. They weren't songs that you would hum around your house. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they weren't, they weren't pop right. songs and uh, obviously, he had a massive hit with Hallelujah, and that—that's what kind of got him really well known. But, but I—I uh, I imagine, I, like, I want to be able to command an audience the way he he did, and without he didn't even seem—it it just seemed so effortless, and mm-hmm. he just he had this like controlled, like very controlled, but um, free like controlled freedom on stage, you know, mm-hmm. where he seemed like he could just do anything with his voice and, and do anything with his face and his body. And he's, you know, he was just like, like he was just tripping on something, mm-hmm. you know, but I, like riding, I mean, was riding a wave or something. Yeah. Like just riding this, this crazy wave where it's like, he could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, you know, what I want. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I when I watch you perform, that's the way I feel about you. Yeah, I, I, don't I was know. thinking that actually. You know, I mean, I feel like especially, 
Especially um, now. Especially now. Before, definitely, but but now yeah, it's but, something. Yeah. Like, your performance, the last one that I went to at the Alberta Rose, you were just like so – it seemed like you were so in the zone. You were so free. You were so – you were just kind of like letting go a little bit more up on stage and maybe even like just – I don't know. It's like – the com- like what I was saying earlier, just the confidence that you have now is just at a different level than what it was before. Yeah, um, especially with that this that last show at the Rose, uh, I felt this, this certain moments where it just felt so locked in, like yeah, like where I, I didn't feel like I could do any wrong, and and then it kind of it kind of fades out and then comes back in, and and I think that you know, I want to reach a place where it's just locked in and it stays there the whole time. Yeah. Cause you know, there's a lot of different factors that kind of contribute to how, how I feel when I play a show, if if I feel good or bad about it. But, um, what God, when it's, when it's like, right. And when, when things are happening, it's like, is it kind of like a way of like getting out of your own head and just kind of like getting into a space of like a meditation type of thing or, Get sort of. For, I mean, for me, it's just about like there's sometimes where I f- I really feel every word that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, and that's not always going to be the case. Like right. sometimes it's just it's just not. If you're going to be focused on the sound, if there's something off with the sound, if there's something you know going on emotionally or personally, like it's not always going to be like that. But but uh, yeah, like shit when it happens, it's just like yes. Yeah. Do you have anything you do like ritualistic type things or anything you do before a performance to no. kind of get your mind ready or do you just kind of I go for I it? like a like a couple glasses of wine or something to <laughs> get that nice smooth voice going. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always nice. Red wine. Never, I mean, I mean below the buzz level but just enough to kind of uh, I don't know. It just feels right. Get the I don't give a fuck vibe going. Just yeah, to relax. totally. <laughs> totally. Hey, I'm not here. Taylor, what the fuck is going on here? Seriously, I've been asking you to call me every fucking day, and I'm getting real sick of this. I still love you, and I'm still your fan, and I'm following you, but I need you to follow me too. This needs to be going both ways, Taylor. Um, okay, so I guess we'll go on to the next segment, which are going to be the uh, fan questions. Uh-oh. And so I hope you're ready for so this. straight from Twitter. So these are straight from Twitter. I think I'm going to pull a couple Fresh from up. Facebook as oh, well. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but we'll we'll hit them one at a time. Let me see here. Okay. Mara Angelica Albi. Is that right? At Mara Albi asks, as a 90s kid, are you a fan of Pokemon? If yes, which Pokemon is your favorite? Um, yes, definitely. And my favorite is, uh, Geodude. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I remember yeah, you guys like playing a, with Remy's him, but he's like a, he's out. like a rock with arms. That's all. And he just bounces around and says, dude. dude, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. pretty cool. All right. Uh, let me see here. Uh, oh, this is, uh, Sammy G. Um, Sammy G asked at Mr. Taylor John, you have 
idea that you have fans from around the world, send Kiss from Brazil. So get Is that a question? Send, send them a kiss. No, I think it's <laughs> oh. I think it's they want you to send them a kiss. <laughs> okay. How does one do that? Just go from <laughs> to Brazil. <laughs> like, just I, make I out. They like tongue there. Oh, okay. That is kind of cool, though. I mean, we just put you just put the uh, the question out there, yeah, and someone within from seconds we had is asking. Wow, there's, there's different places too. Okay, so uh, PEG Peg um, asks, and this is appropriate for this podcast. If you had a twin, what qualities would you want him to have? Which one are you, good or evil? If I had a twin, what qualities would I want yeah. him to have? Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Design what, a twin. Design okay. a twin. Would be your, what you uh, would like the could twin to be. Could it be a girl? Okay, it would be yeah, a twin okay. girl. She, okay. So she'd be really hot. Okay. Nice. Um, she would be totally willing to just cook me stuff whenever. <laughs> she'd be like a servant? <laughs> she'd be like a – yeah. She'd be a twin slave. <laughs> We actually used to do that. We did. Yeah, we on, did. on Star Wars. <laughs> no, we literally well, did it. We like would, you'd be the slave for a some day. Some sort of situation, oh. and then I would have to be his slave, and whatever he told me to do, I would have to do no for the rest wow. of the day, no matter what. Cool. We were like slave. <laughs> Put my shoes on me. That's such a nasty word. Like even yeah. not even just what it means, but like like it just sounds yeah. bad. Like slave. It just sounds evil. <laughs> Let's see here. Next question. Um, Nara said at Nara at Nara <laughs> underscore said, "You remind me of a male Melanie Martinez. Are you familiar with her? And if so, do you agree? She's that girl that was on uh, the Voice with the half black, half white hair. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't watch the Voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me, let me pick one." <laughs> I just get fifth on it. <laughs> fifth place. Fifth. Uh, I'm going to ask this one. Fifth. At TJW underscore VOI. Voy. That's their name? That's, that's their, yeah, that's their Twitter handle. <laughs> that's their name. <laughs> that's, well, that's their name. Yeah, Tuj Voy. I suck at Twitter. Um, <laughs> at Mr. Taylor John, red pill or blue pill? Uh, mm, that's tough. <laughs> That's really tough because I think about the scene when um, Cipher's in the in the restaurant with Agent Smith and and he's like eating the, steak, the steak and he's there. like you know yeah. I know that this is isn't real I know that this is all you know it's designed to to taste a certain way and that my body is really somewhere else but it, you know ignorance is bliss uh-huh. or something like that and he's drinking wine and he's and it's, 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 I don't know. It's not as noble to say that you would want that as opposed to the, you know, right. life on the Nebuchadnezzar or whatever that the ship is called. What is it? Osiris? Yeah. Something like that. I can't yeah. remember what it was called. But it's, it's a really fascinating concept of like. It, it goes with the theme of this podcast also of, of belief and, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And, and, you know, it's like, are you willing to live a life that isn't based in reality, you know, um, but just to be happy. What's interesting too, though, is that, um, the, the people that were all enslaved, you know, for their own reasons, like the, the, it's funny cause it's like the machines are presented as the evil 
you know, the the antagonists and the pro, the pro, the pro, the, the, the protagonists are, you know, the the people who are you know the, these freedom fighters or whatever you call them. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I would rather. It's almost like they did him a favor. You know, like these the humans built these things that got too smart, mm-hmm. tried to destroy them. The machines are like, no, we're actually going to use you as batteries. <laughs> but present this life that's like, you know, tolerable and you don't have to eat slop and like live inside of a like metal tube. Do you think that we're really experiencing some sort are of... Are we in a simulation? Are we in a simulation right now? Probably. <clears throat> Physicists... Um, many of them think that there's a reasonable mathematical chance that that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, Jody wants to know, um, what song, uh, did you not get to sing on the voice that you wanted to sing? I know there were many, but what, what would be like the main one? Um, boy. Man, there was there was one. Oh, I wanted to do um, uh, "Take a Walk on the Wild Side," Lou Reed. Oh, yeah. But it's it's a little bit harder when they're deceased. You have to go through the estate, and it's kind of gets a little messy sometimes. How much? Uh, how much in terms of options? I mean, could you pick any song, or did they have like a list of songs that you could? Pick uh, you could essentially pick any song, and then they would have to. Uh, get it approved or if it wasn't already, you know, there's a, there's a massive list of songs that are approved, but, mm. um, yeah, certain, certain songs are a little trickier to. Yeah. To and they're putting together a show. A lot of people forget like, so you can't have all slow songs. So if all, right. all the acts right. wanted, you know, they have to like, you know, make the show flow in a certain way. So not yeah. every song can be a, like a ballad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let me see another question. What's your favorite book? That's from uh, Coti Oliveira. My favorite book. Um, oh, gosh. Man. Favorites are funny. I think favorites are funny. People love favorites. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't, it's hard like, for me to even say. I can't say what my favorite color is. Like, I don't no, have I, 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 I think I think that's weird. <laughs> yeah, like people, what's people your love to take today? to take. <laughs> that's people more love, accurate. What's yeah. your favorite book today? <laughs> people love to take things and then make it like like almost literally a part of who they are. It's yeah, like right. my totally. my favorite color is yellow, and it represents me. Yeah. So I only wear yellow. Yeah. Well, that's what we talk about a lot as far as the belief thing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big part of um, belief is that people don't realize that they are not their belief. Their belief mm-hmm. is something that they um, choose to believe in yeah. and they attach themselves to emotionally and I, then respond on an emotional level to it. It isn't like uh, you aren't your belief. Yeah. I would say that a book that I thoroughly enjoyed and and I still think about it today is um, Clockwork Orange ah. for many different reasons, but um, the the way have you have you guys read it? I haven't read the book. Okay, no. you seen the movie? Yeah, yeah. Just what what uh, what the author does with the language and 
just totally chops it up and like you know he basically invents a slang which is pretty hard to do hard. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. that probably took a lot of work and, Tol- and to Tolkien be consistent with the only other yeah that can do that yeah huh Actually, it was kind of like that on Deadwood. Do you ever watch Deadwood? Uh-uh. It has its own sort of speech pattern. It was like modern Shakespeare. Huh. With, it was like Old West with modern cuss words. That's cool. It's pretty cool. I love the idea of, of language kind of getting messed with. And, yeah. And I think it's so funny when people correct. I, I've done this too, but when you say something and they know exactly what you meant, but they still mm-hmm. correct you because yeah. as, as if there's some universal laws to like how <laughs> language is supposed to – yeah, it'll be used. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny when you're writing lyrics to songs. Do you have to what like how do you relate to words like that? I mean, do you have to. It, it's not like a rhyming sequence, but how do you put together your lyrics? I mean, it is though. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like you want to the, the way that the, that music is accepted and appreciated is you know it has to rhyme for the most part. Ninety nine percent of the time, it it has to at least mostly rhyme and. That is something that confines, you know, what you can do with music. You can, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful lyrics have been have been written, obviously, and they've rhymed, and that's that's cool. But like, it almost makes you wonder. You know, that's why poetry is cool because it doesn't necessarily have to have that, and mm-hmm. it almost broadens the the spectrum of what you can say. Yeah. But yeah, when I mean when I write, it it almost. I, I never sit down and say, I want to write a song about this. It never happens like that. I will drive myself crazy and sit there for hours and have two words. Yeah. Like for me, it's it's mostly about a line will just pop into my head or I'll hear something and and a lyric will just pop into my head. And then it's like a snowball effect. It's like, you know, what do I want to say that has to do with that first line? And then it's almost like the song sort of presents itself. Uh-huh. And then by the time it's finished, you know, it's like something – the universe was like showing me something and, mm-hmm. and teaching me something. It sounds super like no, I mean that's cheesy, that's but. totally what I'm fascinated by. That's like my whole life thought process is always thinking about like where does that come from? Yeah. What is that? What where what is the place where that line came from? Where that thought came from? Like yeah, that's such a crazy question because I, I think it's I don't even know if it's answerable, but. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not here. Taylor, what is going on here? How come you won't follow me? I send you message after message after message, and I tweet you, and I call you, and you won't follow me, and you won't return my phone calls. Why? But I still love you, Taylor. Please follow me on Twitter at Jerry Esteban. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's really amazing, and I think it's it's reaffirming why I love doing this so much, because... It's like I feel like a medium, you know. There's there's a lot of people that take pride in their songwriting, and they you know they they view themselves as brilliant songwriters, and mm-hmm. and that's you know cool. There are brilliant songwriters, but I think it's also a little bit naive to think that 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 was just you, you know, like right. like you have something that like that you're gonna allow your ego to to take credit for mm-hmm. something that you created when it's like you know. At least for me, whenever I finish a song that I'm really happy with, it's almost like I feel like I blacked out, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and then it's mm-hmm. like I'm just reading something, mm-hmm. not necessarily something that I created. But yeah. it's the idea of letting your ego get out of the way and letting just, you know, consciousness or whatever you want, the universe, whatever you want to 
call it, just step in. Yeah. And that's where real and, and be there and be ready to work and like yeah. ready to you're, you're a to harness it. For yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like the the term gift. And you said it earlier, but it is kind of a gift, you know. And 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 the gift. I almost wonder sometimes if it's just because you're willing to receive it. You know, certain people are more yeah. open to receive that. And, you know, a lot of people want to call it God. A lot of people want to call it a lot of things. That's the whole point of this whole experiment that we're doing with the show is to sort of say it doesn't have to be labeled. Right. You know? Yeah. But um, it could be it could be some weird, you know, maybe we'll discover it should our species survive long enough. Like maybe there is this sort of neurological gift that certain people are given that that lets them translate signals like from – Mm-hmm. the universe like it yeah. sounds really fucking out woo there woo. but but yeah. but like you know it's almost like there's certain people who are able to be taught by the universe and then they can teach right. other people you know and it kind of looks like you know we see it as like this is an artist and they like they are this and that's why they're able to do this because they think this way but mm-hmm. you know, it could be something as simple as that it's like a certain transmitter that certain people have like <laughs> yeah who knows yeah i read something recently about albert einstein's brain because there's this whole thing about albert einstein's brain because it was like basically stolen after his death and stuff and it's been analyzed and i was thinking Jesus. i was having a conversation with someone about like albert einstein's brain and it must have had some portion that was there that aren't isn't present in our brains but actually there was something that was missing from his brain that made him oh, more interesting. of a genius, which was, I don't know, I, I can't explain it, but it was like some like crease in his brain that was more open or something. It huh. was just the shape of his brain. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was an area that wasn't like everyone else's, but it was something that was missing. Hmm. Not probably, some extra Which probably thing. allows you to think differently. Yeah, it's is, like folded over on itself in some way. That's what genius is. It's just thinking differently. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and not feeling like you're bound to the same box that everybody else is. You yeah. you, you don't even see the box because you realize that there is no box. The box mm-hmm. isn't there. Yeah. All right. I just want to say for anyone listening, it's freezing in here. And yeah, we sound like we're shaking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's cold. I can yeah. hear I can hear it in my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> I know, me too. I feel like because I'm all kind of crunched over talking to the microphone. <laughs> so um, what's Gwen like? You can also hear our coats probably moving around. All right, man. Let's wrap this up. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and do this. Um, oh, yeah. I know that you're asked to do a lot of things, and I just appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, being on our premiere podcast. And, Feels good. Uh, yeah. Uh, Evil best twin. of luck with everything that you're going to be doing in the future. I know you're working your ass off to get your album out. I think people are going to be shocked as hell when they actually hear the music because the Amish hipster <laughs> vibe, I think, will start to God. fade, and this new thing will <laughs> unveil itself, and I'm stoked about it. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, cool. Thanks, Tay. Thanks, man. All right. Mans. <laughs> man, man. <laughs> See you later, man. Take care, Tay. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That went pretty well. Pretty good. Um, I, I just want I just want all the listeners, all the all four of you to know that um uh I know we had some uh we've we've had a little uh, audio issues in the past uh episode. That we just recorded, and uh, we're we're working on those. We kind of view this as a, a process, and uh, that was our first painting. And hopefully, we'll have many more paintings, and we will improve on our art uh, that we call the Evil Twin Podcast. 
But also, um, this isn't typical of what the normal podcasts are going to be. This is sort of a, you know, we had the opportunity to sit down with, with Taylor, so we took it. And uh, um, the rest of the podcast will be more like us going and doing things. And I, I guess they'll be... Yeah, I think they're going to be a little bit more dynamic. That yeah. one that one was fun because we got to talk to Tay. Yeah. And uh, now I'm going to try to, you know, say like a little bit less. <laughs> yeah, go go with a f- one or two less likes. Or, yeah, I and, I'm, I'm working on it people. I will I will try to improve. That um, in itself could be a drinking game. It could be or a smoking but, game uh, or whatever. I'm just saying <laughs> there's lots yeah. of options in Oregon now. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, but the other thing that I wanted to talk to everybody about was uh, at, for all four of you that have been following us on uh, social media, you've been noticing these uh, 3D glasses that we've been uh, putting up and that our logos 3D and, and that kind of stuff. And you're probably going, what the hell's the deal with the 3D stuff? And I guess for us, it's a, uh, it, it, it's a couple things. It's a, it's a way of showing by using a, an iconic image, like th- old school 3D glasses, and rem- it's like a way of reminding everybody. Sometimes we need to look at the world in a through a different lens, at, in a different way, and uh, it's a great way for us to kind of communicate that in a subtle way. Plus, the only way you can really see our logo in the proper context is with a pair of three D glasses. So someday yep. you're gonna have to get a pair of those. <laughs> if you want to look at our, if your intention is yeah. to look at our logo, right, in proper context, <laughs> you need to have a pair of three D glasses to, to do that with. Um, but anyways, the 3D glasses are a fun thing that we're going to be working with. Uh, we're trying to make the show a little bit more interactive and not just something that uh, you're sitting there listening to, either with a pair of headsets in a car. or um, yep. Don't use headphones in a car. I said or in a car, oh, okay, I think. Sorry. We're going to have to listen to that back. <laughs> but um, we, we, we want to make this podcast more interactive. So what we're going to do... Um, at the conclusion of this, or I should say at the beginning, because it's right after we post the the first episode on uh, February 21st, which you will have already, that's in the past now, or it's today. Okay, we, you don't have to explain <laughs> what we're going to do, okay. just explain what we're doing. All right, <laughs> what we're doing is, we're taking these 3D glasses, right, and we are going to be hiding them in certain places that we go. Um, because this was the first episode with Taylor, um, obviously we, we didn't go anywhere, so right. we're going to be showing on our social media over the next few days, some hints at where we hid the 3d glasses and we would like you to try to find them. Yep. If you do find them, if you t- decide to spend your afternoon <laughs> looking for a pair of 3d glasses, right. Right. I don't know why you do if it. You're one of those four people right. and you used to, to go look for these things. They are signed by Taylor. So that right. makes them kind of cool. Yeah. Um, We've hidden them somewhere. Look on our social media, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram. In Portland, Facebook. Oregon. you got to also be in Portland, Oregon, so that's <laughs> right. another limiting that factor. Also... <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Go find them. Right. Someone will find them. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> if you do find them, take a photo of yourself with right. the 3D glasses on. Uh-huh. Post them to one of our... Uh... Shit. My fucking headphone. There you go. I can still hear you. Okay, so cool. Just... <laughs> Go to one of our social media sites and uh, post some photos of yourself with the with the uh, glasses on. And guess what you're going to receive? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but we will mention you in a future episode and maybe make fun of how silly you look with your 3D glasses. I don't know what we're going to do. But, uh, it's just for fun. It's for and fun. And also, the nice thing about it is, is if someone finds these glasses, okay. 
and they have no idea what the fuck the podcast is. It does have that hashtag on it. That's true. And they could figure it out. And also, there's a nice little label that tells them, right? You know, the the URL of the website and stuff. So they'll figure it out. Yeah, hopefully. So follow us on uh on all those social sites and uh, look for our little uh, photos that we're going to be posting of the uh, 3D glasses treasure hunt, as it were. <laughs> and the epic uh, treasure hunt. Just like oh. Another thing I forgot to mention was uh, you can also, if you don't want to spend your day going to look for some three D, some random weird three D glasses with a evil twin logo in right. between the eyes, um, if you want to instead spend your day with your fa- friends and family doing something that's actually enjoyable, <laughs> right? Um, you can just pop on over to eviltwinpodcast.com dot com and pick up a pair for yourself or somebody that you love or you know hate for that matter, right? But uh, yeah, go do that. Check our website out. And uh, just give us a little shout out, please, because uh, the best thing you can do, um, honestly, is to go onto iTunes, uh, subscribe to our podcast, and uh, sincerely, from uh, Fad and Brad Grace, we thank you so much for listening to our first and premiere episode of the Evil Twin Podcast. Oh, and I forgot one more thing. Um, Why don't you guys follow Taylor on his YouTube channel, Taylor John Williams, or go to Instagram or... Twitter and follow him on at Mr. Taylor John or go to his uh, Facebook page, Taylor John Williams. Uh, Give him some love. He deserves it. He's an amazing guy and we all love him. Hey. Oh my God. Is this Taylor? Did I get through? Yeah. Taylor? Oh, don't don't hang up. Um, don't hang up, Taylor. Just don't hang up. You think would you, would you would you mind not not calling me anymore? That'd be Taylor. Be I thought super we were cool. I thought we were friends. Okay. Taylor, Thank would you. you. Would you follow me on I'm gonna, Twitter? I'm gonna hang Please up don't now. hang up. Bye. Yeah. Taylor. Taylor. Damn it. Holy Travolta! I have an idea. I can look beyond this this dream of contacting a celebrity and getting them to love me, and go to celebrity heaven and look into Scientology. Maybe they have something I'll like. Thank you for listening to the Evil Twin Podcast. To get the full Evil Twin experience, go to eviltwinpodcast.com and follow the guys on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Evil Twin Podcast. If you really want to show your support, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcasts on iTunes. And remember, surf ever you want it. Well, surf, then. Surf, no, we lost it.